name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Standing in the temple of thy glory, we think we are in heaven. Do you remember the first time we gathered as a church in the early morning, just before the gray light of dawn? We were still in Isla Vista at the time. I think it was 1985. Maybe it was 86. Let's say 85 so we can say we've done it for 30 years. We had been struggling with a full incorporation of the Orthodox lectionary, which is the order of the, of the readings of the Epistle and Gospel lessons in the church year. The Gospel lesson for Pascha was from the prologue of John that we just heard. And we kept asking ourselves why the gospel account of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ was not assigned to this service. But we decided to do it by the book and see what we could learn from the experience. And so we gathered in the dark church before the first light of morning. The church became a manifestation of the dark tomb in which the precious body of Christ had laid. But from the darkness came a glimmer of light, a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of triumph, as the priest emerged from the altar with a paschal candle singing, Come ye take light from light that is never overtaken by night. Come glorify the Christ risen from the dead. And as we received the light with our baptismal candles, we made our way in procession around the cold, dark church, singing, Thy resurrection, O Christ our Savior, the angels in heaven sing. Enable us on earth to glorify Thee in purity of heart. We gathered at the doors of the church and heard St. Mark's gospel account of the resurrection. There it is. We said to ourselves, there's the gospel of the resurrection. And we re responded with indescribable joy, singing, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. Our eyes were flooded with the light from the empty tomb. As we re-entered the church singing, it is the day of resurrection, be illumined people. And as we came to the gospel lesson, still holding our baptismal candles, we heard these words. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness overcame it not. The true light, which enlightens every man that comes into the world. And then we thought, what else could we possibly read on this great and holy Pascha other than the words of the evangelist and the preacher, John? And so our obedience to the church gave us an understanding and the enlightenment that we sought but had otherwise escaped us through our merely rational approach. Perhaps some of us are here today on this great Paschal morning seeking to understand 
merely through our own mental capacity. Wanting to believe, but somehow holding ourselves back. Perhaps some invisible or unexplainable force seems to be holding us back. We might ask the same question described by the prophet Isaiah many centuries ago. How could this man who had no form or comeliness, no beauty that we should desire him, a man despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, a man whom the world only saw as stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, how could he somehow be the Savior of the world? One of my spiritual mentors in the Christian faith once said that for over two centuries the emphasis of the Christian message in North America has been on what Jesus did, but not who he is. The most important question in history, he said, is this question, who is Jesus Christ? North America has heard what he did, that he died on the cross, but the essential question is, who died on the cross? We might ask people, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, they say. What did he do for you? Well, he died on the cross for me. But then we ask the question, who died on the cross? And they start scratching their heads because the average person thinks that a man did, that a man shed his blood. And that's partially true, but that doesn't answer the question, who died on the cross? In the book of Acts, St. Paul warns the Ephesian presbyters about those who had come into the flock teaching falsehoods. And he said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit made you overseers to feed the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. God purchased with his blood? Who died on the cross? God died on the cross. And frankly, he would say, I believe North America is sick and tired of hearing that Jesus died on the cross without really knowing who died. Because they think this poor weak man on the cross died for our sins. No, it was God who died on the cross. And he did not die in his divine nature, but he died in his human nature. But it was God who died. The gospel, he said, begins in the womb of the Virgin Mary, not on the cross. The reason people who don't know who died on the cross is because they don't know who was in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And her name is so critical here because we call her Theotokos, the mother of God. And so, who was in her womb? God was in her womb. Therefore, who died on the cross? God died on the cross. And if we begin our gospel with the cross, we're immediately faced with the problem we don't know who's on it. But if it was God in her womb, assuming human flesh, 
then it was God dying on the cross in his flesh for the sins of men. And I could listen to that forever, he said. Growing up as a boy, I must have heard upwards of a thousand sermons from my father, the Southern Baptist preacher. Honestly, I can't remember too many of his sermons. Perhaps like a typical boy and son, I tuned much of it out. But I do remember one Easter sermon when he said, the stone was not rolled away from the tomb to let Jesus out. It was rolled away to let us in. To see that he was not there. To see and believe with the women and Peter and John and the others that Jesus Christ, our God, had risen from the dead. Again, St. Paul says, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen. I want to ask a question today on this glorious Paschal morning. Have we come here today simply to remember a horrible act of violence perpetrated against a poor weak man? To remember some injustice administered to an innocent do-gooder? Perhaps to be inspired by a good life that was somehow cut short by those who killed him out of envy? Or deep down in our heart of hearts? Have we really, and perhaps secretly, come here today to meet the risen Lord? To meet God in the flesh, risen from the dead? If you have never asked Jesus to truly come into your heart, to pardon your iniquities, to cleanse you from all your sins, and to visit and heal your infirmities, I want to ask you today to ask Him to roll away the cold stone from the tomb of your innermost being and allow you to find and enter your true heart because in the bridal chamber of your heart, you will find your maker and creator, the risen Lord, light of light, true God of true God, with his arms open wide, inviting you to receive of his fullness and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Christ is risen.